This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai I 103.8. Hi guys, it's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. Good to have you along on this podcast. On the show this week, we posed the question if there was any music artist, solo or band that you would love to see perform in the city of Dubai, who would it be? You would be surprised as to some of the people that uh, our listeners want to see on stages in the city. We also headed over to the uh, junction and uh, learnt about the Short and Sweet Festival. They're taking registrations for that as we speak. We also went biking with uh, Andy Hewitt. He's uh, very much a big fan of the Harley-Davidson motorcycles. We had a great chat to him about rides here in the UAE and some that he's been around the world as well. And also pantomime was uh, on the agenda with auditions happening this weekend for uh, certain pantomimes such as Aladdin and uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs happening this year. Nigel Hurst from H2 Productions had all the information. Do enjoy and don't forget to join me live on the show weekdays from 11am on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. Who would be top of your shopping list? If you was the guy or the girl booking acts to come and perform in Dubai, who would you like to see first? Who would be the top of your wish list uh, to come along and perform in Dubai? I'm going to throw a few in. Stevie Wonder, how about Simply Red? And the, the band that I just played there a few moments ago, Daryl Hall and John Oates, would be definitely some of my top picks as to bands or singers that I would love to come uh, to Dubai and perform. So guys, who would be the, the top of your wish list when it comes to people to see perform in our beautiful city of Dubai? Thank you, Susan, for your message. Jennifer Lopez, Thumbs up from me there. Beyonce, Barry Manilow, take that. Just to name a few great artists that I would love to come and see perform in the city of Dubai. Thank you for that one, Susan. Aruma joins us. Good morning, Aruma. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Awesome. Now, you're as big a fan of music as you are of uh, movies. I know you're really into both of them. Um, So apparently last night you went down quite a musical memory lane trip. So what was that all about? So I, I don't know why I thought of it, but suddenly I was like, oh, I want to listen to modern talking. Modern so, talking, you know, wow. Yeah, uh, that, like let's just refresh our memories. Talk. Let's just refresh our memories. Um, modern talking. That's it, yes. Brother Louie, right? Brother Louie, <laughs> Sherry Sherry Lady, You're My Heart, You're My Soul. Yeah, they were absolutely massive in the 90s, weren't they? I think two that's guys, right. two guys in modern talking. That's correct, that's correct. And for some reason, I was just on a loop of their songs, not just the originals, but then the, I, I realized there have been quite a few remix versions as recently as 2017. Um, and I amazed myself that I could still remember the lyrics, you know. So Jet Airliner, which I guess was not as famous as some of the others, yeah. but I really enjoyed that song. And I was like, whoa, I still know the music. I still know the lyrics. <laughs> I wonder if they're still going. We'll have to get our, um, our listenerpedia on that. Are modern talking still around? Are they still doing gigs? Because, I mean, we had um, a couple uh, of performers. We had No Mercy and Ace of Bass, of course, um, just uh, last weekend or the weekend before, which I, th- I believe you went along to see a rumour. That's right. Yes, I did go for that as well. And that was really good, uh, too. So that was Ace of Bass and... Uh, Oh, I suddenly forgot. No mercy. Uh, where do you go, my lovely? Yeah, yeah. no mercy. Yeah. <laughs> no mercy. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if you could bring it up so today. That's really good as well. Who would and, you, who yeah, would you love, love to see? watch them again in concert. Who would you love to see? If you could, if you could go out today, I'm going to give you a lot of money in your back pocket and you could book any artist to come to Dubai and perform. Who, who would it be for you, Aruma? 
Um, so I, right now it would be modern talking, but you know I've I've got a long, long running desire to watch the Pet Shop Boys. Oh yes, of course you're a big fan, aren't you? The Pet Shop Boys. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, who I don't know if, if they're if they're still doing shows um, and recording albums, but uh, very fantastic in in their day. I mean the 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 songs that they wrote and the the vocals, of course. Um, just uh, second to Nana rumor. I, see, you've never been able to catch them live. No, I haven't. I, I don't know what I would do if ever it did come here, whether I would be like first in line or I'd be in so much shock that I'd forget to do so. <laughs> I have no idea what would happen. Would you try and get a meet and greet with them? I would definitely do, so I'd probably be stalking them if they came to town. <laughs> uh, excellent, yeah. Uh, of course, uh, so many hits. We'll try and play some Pet Shop Boys a little bit later on in, in the show. Oh, uh, Aruma, always a pleasure to have you on. Modern Talking, thank that's you. another one then on your list. Have a great day and uh, enjoy your uh, time with us today on Dubai I 103.8. Once again, uh, Susan, thanks for your messages. Um, I've been lucky enough to see Take That in Dubai and Jennifer Lopez in Dubai. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Barry Manilow, I have seen, but not in this city. That would be quite something, wouldn't it? Bands and performers that we'd love to see come to town. Jack joins me on line number one. Good morning, Jack. How are you? Hi. Hi. Good morning, Lloyd. How's it going? Very good. So, uh, you've come up with a beauty. If you, uh, you know, got the, the, got the money in your back pocket and could book any artist, who would you bring to Dubai? Bring in James Taylor. He wow. was great back in the, you know, 70s and, uh, he and Carly Simon actually were the, the number one band uh, together back in that, that era, back in that time. And, you know, his voice is so smooth and, uh, you know, he was sort of like a balladeer of the time. Yeah, yeah. I really I, enjoyed his laid back music. Totally with you. I mean, how sweet it is. And you've got a friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. just just such big songs I mean uh, th- and that era as you say Carly Simon was around you know there were a couple more as well of course Linda Ronstadt was coming up as, oh, yeah. as well in Carol that. King Carol King, <laughs> Carol King. <laughs> yeah uh, so that's your kind of music is it Jack oh yeah well I, I believe it or not I had a draft card for Vietnam when I was a kid and you know nominated for US Naval Academy and I looked like you know, Sly and the Family Stone with a big afro. So. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, but you yeah, taste. I grew, Go on. Yeah. No, I grew up 14 miles from Woodstock, New York, where the revolution began. You know. So. Yeah, and of course, it, it kind of migrated over to California, didn't it? As as well, oh, yeah. you know, that the, the scene was uh, was big yeah. there. Laurel Canyon is yeah. where a lot of these people lived. Yeah. In fact, there's a fantastic documentary called um, Laurel Canyon, uh, which huh. is on one of the um, one of the networks. It's well worth a watch if that's your kind of music. It's all about Joni Mitchell and uh, you know oh, the, yeah. the Grateful Dead and uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash oh, bands yeah. like that. You will love that documentary. I strongly Thank recommend. You. You check it out. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Jack, great, uh, great recommendation there. James Taylor, I'd be on the front row, probably sitting next to you for that one, Jack. <laughs> well done, my son. Have a great day. Cheers, man. Um, we're going to go to line number two. Uh, my friend Andrew is with us um, on the line. I just knew this message was going to come in. Andrew, you're a big music fan. If you could book anyone to come to town, who would it be? Hello there. Well, how do I follow that guy? He grew up near Woodstock. I know. Respect for the man. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one to follow. But you're not too far away from Liverpool, are you? So, you know, um, the Beatles, yeah, the Beatles came out of Liverpool. 
But yeah, true enough. Uh, my, well, as soon as you said it on the radio today, I knew exactly who I would be straight on the phone to to book. And of course, that would be the legendary Pink Floyd. But seeing as they're disbanded, then I'd be very happy if Dave Gilmore or Roger Waters uh, came over and did a gig here. Yeah, I, I mean, I know Roger Waters has... Um, yes, in the past, I believe. He has been over here in the past. And would you believe I didn't go? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't uh, here, unfortunately, so I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't go, but I didn't I didn't bother. Um, so uh, you can tell how much a fan of Pink Floyd that I am. But, uh, you know, what what makes them or what makes him or one of either of those two so special to go along and see concerts, uh, Andrew? Uh Oh, they're just, I mean, the musicianship is just phenomenal, and they, uh, they usually have, certainly Roger Waters is very theatrical in the shows that he puts on um, in the big open air arenas and that, and they just spellbind into to watch and listen to. Uh, yeah, um, I can imagine. I mean, I've seen some videos. I know you're an avid collector of uh, of anything Pink Floyd, and uh, the actual experience, the you know, what you hear, um, is is pretty mind-blowing, isn't it? And, of course, there's all sorts of stuff going on above you, and uh, it really is a uh, a visual and an audio experience. Exactly. It's a, it's a real event, and it's something you can never capture on, you know, just watching a DVD or something. Uh, you can listen to most music and enjoy it, but they take it to another level. It's uh, It's an extraordinary experience. Uh, well, thanks for your call, Andrew. I can't guarantee that I can get you Dave Gilmore or Roger Waters. What I can guarantee is that I can play you some Chesney Hawks right now. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> the one and only. Listening to lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8. We're uh, talking about uh, bands or performers that we would love to see on a stage here in Dubai. Matt, thanks for your message. I would love to see Madness uh, bring Suggs. Yeah, they have been in the past, I believe, at the Irish Village, um, but it would be great to see them back. Uh, absolutely wild band. Uh, and uh, yeah, they would go down a bomb. We're going to go to the lines. Derek joins us on line number one. Good afternoon, Derek. How are you? Yeah, hi Mark, how you doing? How are you good? Very, very good, sir. So, um, you've come up with an unusual one. Tell me who who'd you love to see perform in Dubai. Well, probably uh, Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo. No, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're not talking football. <laughs> yeah, I know, Jam, Jam, Jammy win the other day, Jammy win. Anyway, yeah, what, what about uh, Mr. Glenn Miller? So, we're talking the Glenn Miller Orchestra. 
As the, whole, the whole orchestra, yeah. As yeah in, they're probably all dead by now. I know, as in kind of Moonlight Serenade and Little Brown Jug. Absolutely, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Take yeah, the yeah. A train. I, I mean, are you a fan of big bands, um, uh, um, uh, Derek? Uh, it, not, not especially, but I think Glenn Miller had a special something and he had a great band and he probably died too young and I've never found his body, I don't think. So there's yeah. a mystery attached to it. Yeah. Um, what, what's your favourite piece of music? I mean, his signature tune was Moonlight Serenade, wasn't it? Yeah, prob- probably my favourite one that he's done. Ask me any others and I, I probably couldn't remember. I'd I, probably... I probably know the tune, but I probably wouldn't know the name of it. Yeah. Um, and what about... Did you see the movie with uh, Jimmy Stewart taking on that role of, uh, of Glenn Miller? I, I, I did. I did. Yes, I did. Wasn't he amazing, eh? Fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a long time ago. Long, 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 long time ago now. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's hope. Uh, the, you know, there's a member of the Glenn Miller Orchestra um, uh, uh, listening out there, Derek, and uh, your dream could come <laughs> true. Uh, for, yeah, for it'd that be a moment. miracle. Yeah, it would be a miracle, wouldn't it, for sure. But uh, anyway, thanks for your call, Derek. Always appreciated. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yeah, next we're heading to uh, the theatre. And uh, the Junction Theatre, to be exact, short and sweet, has swung round again, that theatre festival. And to tell us all about it, we have Seema, who is the festival director. Good morning, Seema. How are you? Good morning, Mark. I'm good. How are you doing? Excellent. So um, they, they come by very quickly these days, don't they, these festivals? And short and sweet is back. So tell me when this is going to be happening. Um, Sean Sweet 2022 is back and it's happening from the 13th of January to the 12th of March 2022. Okay, uh, just give us some background about this theatre festival because I know it's it's been around for quite a few years here in Dubai, but before that, I believe mm-hmm. it started in Australia. It started in Australia and um, we got it back to, uh, down to Dubai in around 2011 and this year we're celebrating our 10th year. So it's the 10th year anniversary. It's a big milestone for Short and Sweet. And uh, to uh, you know, give you a brief description, Short and Sweet is a 10-minute play festival. And uh, from the 13th of Jan to 12th of March, we have um, plays going up every weekend um, all the way up till 12th of March. So it's it's been a big festival for the community. And we have had a lot of interesting entries and a lot of interesting talent that comes out of this festival. So it's a big... Um, a big point uh, for the community theatre, especially during the theatre season. It certainly is. So uh, um, I guess you're you're, uh, getting uh, registrations and people are submitting scripts right now. Where are we at? We just opened registrations uh, last week around the 13th uh, and the registrations are open until next month, uh, that's the 20th of October. Uh, During this time, uh, participants can register as actors, as directors, as writers, and as independent theatre companies as well. Uh, Apart from the registrations, we also have uh, a specific uh, playwriting festival called Stage Write that happens, uh, that will be happening on the 15th of October. So that's a two-day festival where um, writers register, they're given two prompts, uh, and they um, are to come up with a script, uh, which is of uh, which which could be staged as a ten minute play. Um, so these are you know some of the interesting things that happen during this time. So we we have registrations happening, we have stage write happening, and a whole lot of activity. We have auditions planned, we have workshops. So 
a lot of activities coming up. Yeah, it's, it's a really exciting festival. I've been lucky enough to go along there uh, in the past and done a little bit of judging as well. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's amazing what some of these uh, people can to actually, actually squeeze into 10 minutes, isn't it? Uh, and how interesting they can make it in such a short time. Absolutely. Um, it's amazing the kind of uh, the kind of stories, the formats of performances that we get to see. Because of the nature of the festival, it's a fairly open format. The only rule is that it has to be a 10-minute uh, performance. And you get to see some great monologues. You get to see pantomimes. You get to see uh, musicals. You get to see mythological stories. You get to see historical stories. And uh, all of them are also not only in English because we have our regional week as well. So you get to see a lot of uh, performances that happen in you know different languages so it's um it's amazing what you get to see in those nine weeks of theater and of course um the climax to it is uh, you have a big red carpet event which is the final night and it's quite an accolade to win short and sweet you know i've interviewed mm-hmm. quite a few of uh, the performers and the, and the script mm-hmm. writers that have actually won it uh and it really is you know some a, a real feather in your cap if you can do that Oh, absolutely, because you're you're competing uh, with, I mean, as much as we don't like saying competing, but then you are going up against uh, uh, at least 110 to 120 plays. Um, and uh, to come out as the winner of the festival is is a huge achievement. And um, everyone that comes in and does each of those 10-minute plays, the amount of hard work that goes into it, I mean, even though it's just a 10-minute play, uh, the amount of work that goes into it is, is, is massive. And to be a winner at the end of that is is quite an achievement to, to be either best play or best actor, best director. It's it's always a great achievement. I kind of always wonder what it must be like backstage with you know because we've got a lot a lot of plays going on here, you know, and some of them have got quite big casts as well. Um, yes. I mean, the organisation behind the scenes, and you, and you will know all about that, Seema, must be uh, yes. uh, pretty precise. Yeah, it is. It has to it has to work like clockwork almost, especially since we did. Uh, uh, short and sweet last year in the middle of a pandemic. So uh, we had to be extremely careful about how uh, the participants a- enter the green rooms yeah. and, uh, you know, come onto stage and the, the rules and regulations that they have to follow, you know, very strict rules behind the wings where they have to maintain their masks until they come on stage. And we have an amazing group of volunteers that comes up every year to uh, to support the festival and they take care of all the work that happens backstage and um, at least six to seven volunteers come in and help us out every single year. And without them really um, managing the backstage work and, you know, the production is insane. It's not only huge cast. Sometimes some of the plays have, uh, you know, huge set pieces as well. And, you know, mm, big yeah. and everything. So it's always a challenge, but it's always fun when it all comes along. And every single time at the end of a 10-minute play, when you know you've executed everything properly, we all breathe this, you know, collective sigh of relief. Like, okay, fine, nothing went wrong now. <laughs> the next play, you know? Yeah. Uh, so if actors or playwrights or uh, people maybe to work behind the scenes are listening right now, where do we need to head mm-hmm. to to uh, become part of this year's uh, Short and Sweet or next year's Short and Sweet? Right. Uh, so we have a website, uh, dubaishortsuite.org, uh, uh, but the easiest way would be to head to our Instagram, that is short and sweet uh, DXB, and uh, you will find all the registration details over there. There is one link, and if you click on that, you will be able to register either as a participant, actor, director, 
um, independent theatre group or even as a volunteer. So if you want to volunteer, you can head head to our Instagram and uh, just register and then we'll take care of the rest. And just tell me, Seema, what's the, the day in the life like of, of a festival director? I mean, <laughs> what, what, do, what do you actually do? I'm, I'm sure it's, um, it's a mammoth task. It is. It is a mammoth task because uh, you are looking at... it's. Uh, mostly because of the sheer scale of the festival. Like I said, you're looking at 110 to 130 entries easily every year and, um, you know, talking to participants, getting them to, uh, getting them to register and then taking care of um, uh, the, the, the scripts that come in. We have Australia, which is kind enough to send us uh, in a lot of scripts that we go through, which are passed on to directors and they can choose their scripts. Once we do that, we have auditions. So scheduling auditions, uh, again, you know, uh, communicating about the auditions. Uh, post the auditions, we then go on to, you know, uh, forming teams so that uh, the directors and actors can get together and finally form their final uh, team that goes on to put up a play. Um, and then scheduling all of these different plays um, over the nine weeks um, uh, on the weekends, we have at least 20 plays going up. So then scheduling those plays, making sure that uh, people can get there on time, people can uh, come in for their tech rehearsals, making sure everything goes smoothly during tech rehearsals, um, getting the right MCs, getting the right judges. So it is a lot of work. <laughs> but then it's not, it's, I'm, I'm not doing it alone. I do have a great yeah. bunch of people, you know, supporting me and like, you know, guiding me throughout the way. So we have the team at the junction as well, which is a huge, huge support to us. And um, we have the volunteers as well. So it, it's not something that a person can do alone. No, no. Yes, I, yeah. So, yeah, we, we, it, it, it's a great, um, but it's a great experience. When you, when you finish it um, and then you look at the amount of talent and the amount of stories that have been told over the nine weeks, it, it's really worth it at the end. Yeah. yeah. And once again, just uh, tell me those dates uh, when it's going to be happening. Sure. It's happening from the 13th of Jan to the 12th of March, 2022. Fantastic, Seema. We wish you well. And uh, once again, just head over to their website to uh, register if you want to be part of Proceedings for short and sweet. This is Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back into uh, the show. We're going to get out on the highways uh, right now and, uh, in fact, uh, get on a bike, a Harley, uh, no less, as um, Harley Davidson community member Andy Hewitt joins us on the show. Good afternoon, Andy. How are you? Good afternoon, Mark. Uh, nice of you to invite me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Good to have you on the show, man. Um, I'm going to find out a little bit about you first. Uh, how long have you been riding uh, bikes? And what was the first bike that you ever got? Uh, how long? Uh, about 50 years, actually. <laughs> really? uh, I, <laughs> I, I did actually start riding before I was old enough to get a licence. And in those days... Uh, the police in the UK weren't too uh, uh, t- too keen on uh, stopping unlicensed, uninsured uh, riders oh in those days. So, uh, if you want to work my age out, uh, I was 14 when I had had my first bike. Okay, and it was a British-made Panther uh, from the 1950s, which we, me and a few friends found in this guy's garage, and we persuaded him to sell it us. If we'd got it now, it would probably be worth a fortune. Cause oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've heard the name Panthers uh, for, for sure. I'm guessing this is in the north of England, coming from your accent, Andy. Uh, yes, South Yorkshire, Sheffield. That's where Sheffield, I spent right. my life until 30 years ago. I left the UK for two years and uh, I've never made it back yet. 
Right. That's probably because you've been driving your bike around everywhere. I believe you've had some pretty epic adventures out in sport, uh, in Spain and uh, in, in Portugal. What, what prompted you to take your bike out there and, and ride around those beautiful countries? Well, we actually have had a, a, a few epic adventures. We, I, I think at the last counted, probably ridden motorcycles in about 12 different countries and some of them being quite extended trips. Uh, but the uh, the Spain and Portugal one, we my wife and I left the UAE uh, about eight years ago. Uh, obviously, we've returned now. <laughs> it it yep. has a hold on you, this place. It does. It? And uh, we set up home there, and I took my motorcycle, which I bought in Dubai with me. And uh, we decided, as we wanted to get to know our new country, we, we were living in Spain, that we'd do an extended road trip. So we spent three and a half weeks circumnavigating the whole of the Iberian uh, Peninsula and it was uh, a wonderful trip absolutely fantastic I mean you've actually written a book about this as well I believe I have yes Uh, can I do some self-promotion yeah go on tell me about your book (laughs) tell me it's it's basically a travelogue and it tells the story of the trip Uh, it's not particularly intended to uh, be aimed at, at motorcyclists, uh, I, I hope, and many people have said that it's an enjoyable story, but it, it really tells the story of our journey, uh, four and a half thousand kilometers over three and a half weeks, uh, just where we went, how we went, the weather, the places we stayed, how we found places, the roads we rode on, and uh, it's generally had very good, very good feedback, so Commercial breakover, thanks. <laughs> Andy. Uh, so, I mean, tell me about the, the community here, um, you know, the, the Harley community and some of the places that you get out to. The weather, I'm sure, is, uh, is getting beautiful now. So uh, tell me, you know, about the scene here for uh, the Harley Club. Uh, well, Harleys, not, not just Harleys. I, I happen to have, have ridden Harleys for 20 years and I'm currently on my, my sixth one uh, back in Dubai. But, you know, the whole motorcycle community is uh, is pretty strong here in the UAE. You've got everything from dirt bike riders, desert riders, adventure bike riders, sports bike riders, uh, and, and, of course, the cruisers and the tourers. And uh, it, I think it's fair to say, though, that probably the biggest group in Dubai is probably the group that, uh, that ride Harleys. There's something about that iconic brand that, that appeals to all sorts of people who are possibly not motorcyclists at heart, but they, they like the, the the idea of a Harley, they like the lifestyle of a Harley and uh, or of a Harley rider. And uh, it has to be said that Harley Davidson are very good at branding and, and, and building up an image. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, there are a lot of clubs. Uh, the Harley Davidson has its own Harley owners group, which is attached to each each of its dealerships. Uh, I was a member of, of several of the uh, of the chapters, as they called, uh, in the UAE and other places, uh, and it's very very strong in in the UAE. Yeah, I remember um, hosting a few uh, rock concerts here, and sometimes you guys would come along and do the Thunder Parade, which was pretty amazing. Uh, what, t- what tips would you have, Andy? Obviously, you've got a lot of experience um, riding bikes. You know, if somebody is thinking of investing in the first bike, I'm, I'm guessing you probably work your way up to a Harley. Is it, you know, is it, or is it a, a place where you can start? Many people do start. I think a lot of people. Uh, if they're not already motorcyclists, they fall in love with the idea of having a Harley for, for all of the, the 
whatever reason they have. And whilst I don't think it's ideal, it's always better to start small and work yourself up. Uh, Harley do have a range of bikes. You've got everything from at the top end to the big tourers that, you know, the sort of thing that myself and my wife would take off for a couple of weeks on the road on with, you know, lots of luggage space and, and yeah. radios and all sorts of stuff. Now, that, they take a bit of handling because they're heavy and, and uh, the power and the rest of it. But they also do smaller bikes. So... Really, most things you can get from the Harley range of motorcycles. So if you are new to motorcycling, you can get a bike with a smaller engine uh, and less power to to be worried about and a smaller frame. If you may, may look, what, what's great to see is the number of female riders there are these days. But you know, if you're of, of a, a shorter stature, shall we say, you can get bikes that will that, that will suit you for that as well. So. I, I would say, if you are thinking about getting into motorcycling, is is speak to bikers. I mean, we, we, yeah. sometimes bikers look a bit intimidating, but generally <laughs> they're a very, very fr- friendly bunch. And and go down to the dealership and you know sit on bikes, speak to the the staff. They they know the characteristics of the bike. They're used to dealing with customers from all sorts of different backgrounds, and they'll give you great advice. So, are you going to be off out on a ride this weekend, Andy? Ah, well, I've just come back after three months in Spain. I've just returned to the UAE, and guess what? What? Uh, battery, my battery's completely flat. So. <laughs> oh, so you got you get yourself a new battery. Uh, it looks like that. And uh, if, if I may just take a minute to give a tip to anybody that's put, putting the bike back on the road after a summer layoff, just please take a moment to check that it's safe, that everything's working, check the brakes, and particularly check the tyres. Yeah. Make sure that they're in good condition, they've not gone hard in storage, and make sure that they've got the uh, the correct pressure in them because they tend to go down when they've not been used. And uh, Basically, you've got to remember on a motorcycle, you've got two contact patches between you and the tarmac that are about the size of the bottom of a of a coke can so if right. that contact is not is not efficient uh you could be in all sorts of problems with your bike so take a minute not only check your bike but when you get back on the road take it easy at first you've got to relearn your skills you've got to be comfortable with your bike you've got to be become a biker again yeah you've not been riding for a couple of months and and stay safe and i've got to ask you are you an intimidating looking guy andy i can't actually see you at the moment (laughs) (laughs) no i i i i I like to think of myself as being a motorcyclist rather than a particular type of motorcyclist i just happen to ride harleys uh yeah uh no i mean I, I wear a suit and a tie for my profession, so, <laughs> so. <laughs> and, I, and I wear sensible motorcycling clothes when I'm on my bike. So right, you know. right. So we've nothing to fear, Andy. I really enjoyed the chat about um, your biking, and, one, and once again, the name of your book and, and where we can get that. It's called The Furthest Points, uh, and it's available on any of the Amazon uh, platforms, and it's available in a, a paperback. And uh, in an ebook on on Kindle. So, uh, uh, if anybody anybody does take the plunge and uh, and and buy a copy, I'd, I'd be absolutely delighted to hear from them. Yeah, you never know. You might get it signed as well by by the author. Andy, well, real pleasure having a chat with you, man. 
Uh, well, as again, thank, I've, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me, and thanks to Bayi, my favourite radio station. Oh, brilliant. You've got the job, Andy. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be presenting my show next week. There we go. That's Andy Hewitt uh, talking all things uh, biking and uh, driving around Spain and Portugal. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? But some great rides here in the UAE as well. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Now, how would you fancy being on stage in Aladdin, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, maybe even Cinderella? Well, if you've got talented children, listen up right now. As joining us on the show is the producer of uh, those uh, three productions, Nigel Hurst from H2 Productions. Nigel, good afternoon. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Doing so well. It's nice to be finally back doing shows again and actually pushing the boat out. And let's make this... uh Christmas are really fun times. So yeah, I, c- I can imagine that you're so happy to be back um, back on stages. And uh, you've got a lot to handle um, with, uh, th- is it three productions that you've got coming up? We've got three productions, that's right, exactly. So, I mean, we did two last year. Well, actually, we did three last year as well. So we, we used to used to doing this. We had a really good season last year. Everybody was so pleased that we managed to get something going. And this year, we're just going to push the boat a little bit further out, make the shows a little bit bigger, a little bit more fun. And as you said, we're looking for the, for the children to join our, our professional performance from the UK. So the, the kids get a really good chance, actually, to, to really show us what they can do and also soak up the energy from the, from the professional actors as well. I mean, they're really... Yeah. Uh, get, get to perform on stage. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful... Like, we had some great locations. We're doing... Aladdin on the on the QE2, which is a beautiful boat and really really nostalgic. Really uh, has a very good festive feel to it. Mm-hmm. We're then doing Snow White and Seven Dwarfs on, on, at the Fairmont the Palm, and wow, the Fairmont the Palm is such a good Christmas location. You just got to go there and see it because you walk in the front and you can't help but feeling Christmassy. And then we go through and you come to the show and, and it's just a good evening. You know, we we really make sure that it's all about the family having that fun. I can't wait for it. You know. <laughs> I can feel the enthusiasm coming out of you, um, uh, Nigel. We've got to get there. You know. yeah. So tell me. <laughs> but, then, but, but also, yes, the third one this year is our new venue. Is uh, We are doing Cinderella in Abu Dhabi as well. Yeah. So it's, we're, and we're really excited for that. We haven't, we haven't done Christmas in, in Abu Dhabi before. And we're, so that's going to be a, a new for us and it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about the auditions. What kind of age groups you're looking for and what, what so kind we, of characters you're looking to fill? So, yes, we're looking for seven years and up. Um, so any, seven years up and older. So uh, any, doesn't matter, any children, if, they, if they've got characters, if they've got dance ability they can sing we want a bit of everything on the stage so yes we we look for strong dancers but we also want strong characters you know and 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 we, we then rewrite the show according to who we put in the show and, and what, what we can use in those in those um characters really you yeah know? So, yeah so tell me how, how it all works so, you know are, are the kids going to be expected to sing in front of a, a panel or how, how do these auditions go down so normally we start off with a bit of dance so when they arrive, we teach them a small routine that they just uh, learn on the day, and just we see how they pick it up, and we see how that how they're reacting to the being taught that the routine effectively. Yeah. Uh, then we, we go through a few a few um, rehearsals of that as it were, and a few tries, and then and then we get the kids to do it in a in a final uh, sort of show as to what you can do type mode. 
And then once they've got through the dancing bit, we do we get into dancing a, a little bit. It can be from it can just be happy birthday. It can be from a little musical or something. We, anything they want to sing to us, we let them sing. And then uh, we usually ask them a few questions just to see how they speak and how they um, project themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's the three stages that we, we go through. But we don't get rid of anybody uh, early on. We want to see them do all three and we want to see how they, how they develop in the day. Yeah. Also about the character. We want to see them being excited. We want to see that, that face smiling, you know. Yeah, exactly. When they get on the stage, it's all about the smiles, you know. And I mean, so, if, if they do get into one of these productions, I mean, the experience that they'll gain working alongside professionals that are coming out from, uh, from the UK is invaluable. I mean, you know, it, it's, you, you can't buy that, can you? Exactly. And we do find that we've got a lot of kids that come back year after year because they just have such a good time. And now I have kids who then message me even like four years or five years later. They've done two or three years of us. And then they move away from the area or they go to, go to university. Yeah. And they're still messaging us saying, oh, we, we miss it so much. We had such a good time there. We really enjoyed it. And uh, in fact, I had a girl who messaged me yesterday who, who's now in um, Canada. And she's, do, she's doing really well with performing. And she's just really, uh, really uh, excited. And, and what she's doing is amazing. And I'm just, just keep messaging us saying thank you so much for giving us the, the start. You know? and yeah. yeah. So, so what, are the, what are the timings and, and where are the locations for the auditions? And do we need to register in advance? So, yes, the auditions are on uh, for, for Dubai. They're on Friday, uh, this Friday. Yeah. And the young, the young group is from uh, 10 a.m. in the morning and the older group is from 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and then we do the same again in Abu Dhabi on Saturday, which is uh, 10 o'clock morning for the younger group and 2 o'clock in the afternoon for the older group. And yes, if they we really wanted to go and register beforehand, they just go to um, DubaiPanto.com or Abu DhabiPanto.com and register on there that they're going to turn up. This is just to help us with the COVID stuff scenario yeah know who's coming along if, if they have any troubles then do just turn up as well and we'll just register on, on the day but we want to try and get as much of that done in, in advance do you, you have know, a fa- you have a favorite pantomime yourself nigel well funny enough i have many favorite pantomimes i mean i always loved snow white snow white is such a beautiful tale um, we, uh, my favourite adventure would, would be Peter Pan, but we did that a couple of years ago, so we've got to wait a couple more years before we do that one again. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think generally Peter Pan because I get a lot of fun with all the flying, and we can wait. Lots of special effects happen on that one, which is which is great. But I'm looking forward to Snow White because we've got we've got all this we've got new special effects coming this year with all the mirror route, the, the mirror and uh, the dwarfs and everything. And uh, yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Absolutely awesome, Nigel. Well, uh, thanks for uh, spending some time. That's Nigel Hurst from H2 Productions. And uh, once again, just go through those timings for us uh, for, for the auditions this weekend. So it's, it's Friday, and I didn't tell you where, did I? So fr- Friday, this Friday at Sam on the Palm for Dubai, from 10am for the young group and 2pm for the older kids. And then uh, at the Earth Hotel in Abu Dhabi, uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning for the younger group and 2 o'clock in the afternoon for the older group. Fanta- go, go to www.dubaipanto.com or abadabipanto.com and you can see all about it and you can register there. Awesome, Nigel. Um, enjoy the, uh, the, uh, the auditions this weekend and uh, look forward to coming seeing those p- pantomimes happening uh, as we get toward the end of the year.